Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast. My name is Toby Haydoke and I've asked a friend to choose a Doctor Who story and then to select in secret their favourite things about it. I then watch the episodes, commentate along, drop in observations and facts and try to guess what those favourite things are. Hello, I'm Gavin Rymill and I'm a writer and 3D illustrator for all kinds of things, including Doctor Who magazine and the Blu-ray range, and I uh, spent most of 2020 illustrating the Dalek Combat Manual. And uh, the story that I am nominating for you is Silver Nemesis. Well, welcome everybody. It's time to watch the final episode of Doctor Who's 25th anniversary story, Silver Nemesis, which has been chosen, as you've heard, by Gavin Rymel, who is a big cyber kind of guy. He's a cyber man. Um, so I hope you have it all lined up and we are going to watch um, Doctor Who Silver Nemesis in part three in three, two, one. Uh, and it will kick in at any random juncture. Here we are. At the beginning of part two, I started getting lost as to whether the uh, uh, Silver Nemesis DVD had the special edition. I remember some controversy that there wasn't, because I think I think it was one of those budget range. Uh, it was For a while, they decided to um, do slightly lower on the extras, didn't they? Um, anyway, whatever. You've got the DVD. Um... But I, I remember my first encounter with Ian Levine, uh, you know, famous Doctor Who fan, a missing episode rescuer, um, you know, writer of some of the, the the early texts about Doctor Who as we you know we understand it and our understanding of the history of Doctor Who. Uh, I remember talking to Ian uh, about, and he was I think he was upset that there wasn't. Um, there's somebody's pressed the pause button there, haven't they? At the beginning, you can always. You can always tell when it's uh, videotape is sort of paused, and it was something that that used to happen uh, until I think in in television, when when they'd moved from being in uh, uh, you know film and VT to being outside VT, and 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 the pause button was often used, and I think they, they realised fairly quickly, oh actually it's you can you can tell it's a bit it's a bit naff, it doesn't quite work. Um, I always think they look a bit higgledy piggledy. The uh, so they look brilliantly in formation. There, they're all parallel, but in the in the circle, in the display on his on his uh, uh, thing, there some of them are, are sort of slightly askew. Uh, and I think they look slightly better if they were all parallel, uh, because they yeah, they do look like some of them sort of parked sideways. <laughs> Whereas I think if they were in formation, uh, yeah, and if the tenth planet would be great. Um, that's a that's a nice little piece of location. This this stairway uh, coming out of the ground, um, and this is not th these two work really well together. I remember DWM did an interview with them uh, years later, and they 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 still had a nice sort of rapport. Um, yeah, she's she's doing a, a a very good job with a particular kind of Doctor Who part. But yes, Ian Levine, I remember was was very very sad about uh, silver i mean sad i'm <laughs> apoplectic about um uh, the special edition i think not being on the on the dvd and i said but some some would argue that um you know that this edit had stuff cut out of it because you cut stuff out 
to make stuff better, to make it more streamlined, to, uh, you know, trim the longers, to, to, to make the action flow better. And I said, you know, sometimes just because you have more stuff, it doesn't mean that the, the story is, is better. And perhaps that the director would prefer actually the broadcast version because it's, you know, it's, it's actually paced how he wants it to be. And I remember Ian looking absolutely baffled to go, yeah, 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 but, but this way, i.e. with the special edition, there's more. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, Ian is, is a character and that's nothing I'm saying now that I wouldn't say to him. Uh, but I think, I, I, oh, that's where they say it is meaningless. That's the piece of script I referred to that um, in the last episode. Um, that's a nice shot. But uh, yes, I, I think that sort of sums up here in that idea that, no, no, if you can have a thing where it's got more, that's better than having less. Uh, <laughs> and you go, okay, well, that's, that's it's, it's a theory. Um, yeah, so uh, apologies to listeners of uh, of the last episode. I there was a there was a there was a cyber scene that I had mistaken for the bit where they say it's meaningless. This was on the trailer, I remember, um, uh, as was the shot of them running towards the castle. Um, they work very hard to make this work, uh, and it's uh, you know I think it's an idea that works nicely on paper and is almost impossible yeah i mean it's it's, it's no it's it's impossible to stage um so uh, you know yeah having the chess symbolism and all of that and sylvester and sophie are game and do it very well but it makes the cybermen look like absolute prawns <laughs> and uh you know that should have been abandoned but there we go that i think is glorious uh i love i love the nemesis costume and the and the glowing effect um this is that this is terrific i love all of that so let's forget the uh, uh and that's you know that's really effective that scream and uh oh that's a model um <laughs> look at me with my mo- oh, I keep spotting models uh, i should watch hollyoaks <laughs> um uh, that's and that's all sort of spooky stuff, and I uh, and I sort of like the effect it it, it has on on Lady Painfort because it is kind of her, isn't it? Yeah, she's um she knows she's doing this very well. Uh, and there's Chekhov's arrow in a TARDIS. <laughs> um, they've location wrecked this very nicely. There's a sort of suggestion, wasn't there, because they had headphones on that the uh, that they'd been sort of slightly cybernized-y or not, but uh, uh, yeah, and again, the, the the poor Cybermen have to sort of David Banks had to get in the way of the other Cyberman so that then the Nazis could escape. They they have to do some blocking that's which with modern. You know, with 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 modern ways of shooting, where you'd shoot various close-ups, and you'd you know you could you could go in a lot closer, and you could take walls out to um, have different camera positions. You know, that's the other thing about shooting on. Oh, there's a dead rat hanging from the door. That's horrible. Um, you know, that's the problem when you when you're all on location as well. Is you know you 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 you, you know sometimes you just have to put the camera in the corner of the room because that's all you've got. Um, 
Oh, and, and, and we've got the, the silver coins there that are going to come in useful later. Um, and, of course, all this chess stuff uh, comes into uh, importance. Uh, Ricardo Mulhall. Why do I know that that's the name of the of the of the hitcher i don't know anything about it i just remember reading a castist and his name was on it there we go i hope he's happy he's got enormous hair and i think kevin clark is the driver of that that car isn't he um <laughs> see i quite I, I like all of that I, I i think there's something sort of rather charming about that these two people from the olden days wandering around and they're and they're both lovely actors this is a great setting as well this this big old whatever it is uh, aircraft hangar um i, th I think they've for, for 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 the fact that they're they they can't build anything they've um it's it's been really intelligently sort of wreckied um uh, oh, uh, oh, oh! Yeah, she's 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 gone batty. Um, oh, right, yes. As if to rival the skinheads, we're about to have uh, Mrs. Remington. I'm afraid I didn't have a clue who Dolores Gray was. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, I, I mean, bless her. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, I find this funny now, but I'm not for the reasons I think anybody at the time thought it was. So does it does it matter um, that that, that uh, the humour I derive from it is the wrong, is 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 not what was intended? Um, I'm not talking about this. This is the statue. This is lovely. That's that's all great stuff. Uh, and this is a sort of intriguing. Uh, what's what's going on with this uh, with this statue, um, and and you know what's the doctor up to, and and uh, how is the story going to end? Well, at the moment that the bat the, the three different factions of baddies are all walking to it. Well, they're driving to it. Um, so we have a comic interlude here, um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I particularly enjoy these scenes. Um, I mean, seeing as it's a, as it's a three-parter, there are a lot of these sort of interludes like this one and the one with the skinheads, which, which don't really add much to the plot at all, which would suggest to me that even for three parts, there's not an awful lot of plot. Um, I love Sophie Aldred. I think she's great. I, I, as I, I sometimes do struggle with the way that Ace is written. I think she's often written as a teenager. I think I've said this in earlier episodes, or maybe I was just saying this to somebody. Um, I sometimes think she's written as a teenage girl uh, by by people who've never met a teenage girl. I've never, never managed to get close enough to one. Um, but uh, I think Sophie Aldred has a gusto and a likability that is uh, uh, that is impossible 
to deny and I think she sometimes has to work very hard in in in, in spite of some some pretty teeth on edge dialogue that she is given um but that said she's not alone in this story but this is all great this is and this is what uh, 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 my writer friend uh, was 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 talking about who watching this as a 9 year old i mean this is this is, and look, I love the way the sign man moves quite quickly as well there, because sometimes monsters in Doctor Who sort of amble very slowly, but he was he was charging along, which is very good. And and the music, you know, Kevin McCulloch sort of banged in here. Um, yeah, this is all this all this all works. Um, uh, I I mean I quibble. We may as well get to it because I've I've got I have. I have I'm I I have nothing nice to say about these scenes in the car. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean because I I don't know what Mrs. Remington is supposed to make of uh, of of uh, uh, Miss Lady Painfort because Lady Painfort is is saying that it happened to her and she, is she willfully ignoring that bit to go oh well you must be a historian even though you're dressed in the olden days and you're talking about it in the first person um but, but but that's not what she said um we surely do honey i, I mean i think the look on the, the 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 look on Gerard Murphy's face says it. I mean, he, yeah, it says it all, really. Um, and God bless him for that. Um, now, I, I I do slightly. I mean, this is all very exciting stuff. But is is the idea supposed to be that every time she catapults a coin, it slots into that exact bit in the chest unit where we see the Cyberly to pick one out of later, or is it just that just hitting a Cyberman with a coin is enough? kill it in which case um it, it does severely weaken the, the, the cybermen that just just hitting them with a gold coin um but but that said this is all terribly exciting stuff but um you know it's a real effort to sort of grind the gold into their chest units in in a so, oh nice uh, nice bit of explosion there though on the on the bit of wood uh, and i think we have another um uh, paused is Oh, oh, is there a, oh no, because her hand came in then. Um, uh, I thought the shot of the the coins was on pause. Um, but yes, I uh, so the, the the effort to sort of clog that to, to to grind the gold into the chest unit in Earthshock is now replaced with just. I mean, do the coins not bounce? If the coins don't bounce off, is this, they can't be strong enough to smash into the chest unit so is it that she's being so accurate or am i just overthinking it i, I just i did but at the time i was a bit like my feeling was that they were suggesting that every time she hit the chest unit she 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 got them in that slot in the coin slot um that's a that's a fantastic shot of the tardis through the grill and 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 the light on her face there and it's the fact that the doctor's companion is you know brassy enough to to, to face them down and you know so, so yeah it's you know do the dirty harry thing are you gonna be uh, do you feel lucky she's terrific um uh, and that she of course makes the right choice because she she's perhaps david david banks then ducks so that the, the, the those two and then you've got the brilliant shot of the cyberman for now that's a terrific sequence that's really good uh not just because of the action those those shots through the 
through the grill from above are fantastic and quite giddying. Um, but it's not just the way it's executed, and it's executed superbly, but it's also the fact that it shows the companion being very, very brave and very plucky, but then also using guile and being a bit ballsy. Um, yeah, I love that. That might well... Yeah, that might well be my my favourite thing for this episode. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, yeah. Uh, he's got a great face, hasn't he? He's a bird-like melancholy. I was, yeah, yeah, uh, and and I mean, you know, they, they they do have the courtesy to say at the end, don't they? This is the just like you nailed the Daleks. This this is basically the same plot as Remembrance of the Daleks, isn't it? Ha ha ha. Oh yes, the Cyber Lieutenant as. Uh, Oh, we think at the moment has outlived the cyber leader, but of course we uh, uh, we don't know the cyber leader's st still alive. Um, I, I mean, I not I'm not quite sure how this works because this that that this would mean that he knew that the Cybermen were gonna stand there at exactly this moment in order for him to destroy them. Um, which, which, I mean, there's planning ahead, but I mean, that's that's forensic guile. That really is. Uh, this is a great moment. Uh, I think this is really nicely shot. I think David Banks does it brilliantly as he does it all. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I'm cross, and I'm gonna, oh, but I'm hurt, so I'll sort of shake as I pull myself up. Um, uh, and of course, there's yeah. So, uh, but 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 the reintroduction of the Nazis done over that because I think they're quite tight for time, and and that actually makes it, you know, move along quite quickly. Uh, I think that's his last line, isn't it? Uh, we have a lot to the de to the death, which is a good job because you're going to die in a minute, Carl. Uh, And he, he, Anton Differing wasn't alive uh, for, for, for long after this. Um, I see, you know, as I say, it's, it's, I think it's an ambitious piece of casting. I think he lived in France. Um, and yeah, it was very old at this point. Um, but it's nice to say that Anton Differing's been in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, well, at least you're not saying, you get, <laughs> is that why you saved my life? So you could kill the Nazis and then disappoint me? Um, oh, yes, she's, oh, she is mad. Yes, she is. Oh, and he's very loyal, Richard. Um, and this is good. And I remember thinking, but is that the same actress? And, blah, 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 you know, that, 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 um, oh, and I re I remember, it's, if uh, I remember this being really, really exciting uh, I mean the cyber, man, the cyber leader could have just killed them all at this point um, so uh, oh, he looks so good Sylvester McCoy in this sequence it's a, it, yeah, he's so, he looks so good on camera um, and, that, and that, those darting eyes and suggesting as I love that I love Doctor Who oh this was so exciting I remember uh, I, I didn't really sort of know what this was all about but it was the fact that she said doctor who which is great because doctor who is not said 
very often in Doctor Who. But then that, and I love the way that she does it as well. Have you never wondered where he came from, who he is? I remember I quoted that. I was quoting that. It was so exciting. And it's brilliant because it doesn't actually go anywhere, but it promises great mystery. Uh, it's 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 not blatant about it. It, it, and it doesn't. There's not now some big screed about you know. They say that back in the, it's it's two or three lines that just promise loads. Don't change anything about our understanding of the show, but just give a kind of hint to oh, and that's all it is really. It's just whoa, but it doesn't matter because it just makes it just makes what's going on seem like it's much more and it's that's kind of what bad wolf is you know bad wolf doesn't really mean anything but it doesn't matter enough it's done well enough that it the, the, the old time the time of chaos that that none of it the words are enough the old time the time of chaos to make you think that they they're talking about something really important but actually it's so vague that it doesn't does it doesn't matter um so so you don't actually have to create uh, a a great bit and i like the way she does that what as well it's like oh you've completely yeah i, I she she thinks she, she thinks she's come to a knife fight armed with a machine gun and actually she's come to a uh, a, a, a cannon fight armed that that metaphor ran away with me a, a, a much a laser gun fight armed with a pea shooter um or with a machine gun which is the equivalent of a pea shooter the metaphors are getting away from me but i i think that for, for a story that's trying to do um you know this is an important celebratory landmark i think that sequence where she goes um why, why, why is killing you going to help Ace? That's that's slightly different to somebody's watched the demons and gone, oh, that bit where Joe does that's nice, but that's different. She's offering herself in the doctor's place. She's that, that, that's anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, well done, Fiona Walker. You, 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 you did your best there, and I, and I thought she, I thought, I thought she did that whole Doctor Who sequence really, really well. It's a love, lovely piece of acting. She gave, gave it the absolutely the right welly. Um, and I love that whole, yeah, I love that whole sequence because it, 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 it and, and this is good music from Kef McCulloch as well. This is really a bit of welly. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Um, and that's a great shot. That's a great shot. I mean, obviously that's, it's just CSO'd on top, but the, the, the plume, the, the smoke plume is terrific. Um, uh, but I, um, yeah, I think, I think that sort of climactic face off, um, which just goes this is slightly more than your average ending this is one where we're gonna you know suggest some sort of uh you know big secrets about the doctor and and yet actually reiterates the doctor who by her saying the words doctor who yeah i love that terrific so i'm actually i'm actually stuck for things because um and that's that's just a nice little that's just a nice little dramatic uh, flourish, isn't it? The uh, he he said, "Did you understand Lady Painfort's instructions?" And the statue said, uh, "The statue said, yes, I did.'" And and you know that that was the big trick that the logical sideband would, of course, not seen through. And then we have Chekhov's arrow in the TARDIS that Richard, who's been crying out to do something heroic, 
having gone on quite a journey. He's, he's met a llama. Uh, he stood on his own grave. Uh, he's hung some skinheads upside down from a tree and not disabused them of the fact that he's a social worker. Uh, and he's a lovely character. But as I say, it's much more apparent to me this time round that, you know, he's steeped in badness and dishonesty and murder. Um, and of course, he's got that line about, I shall return to Briggs his money. And I think that's a reference to Ian Briggs. Um, I met Ke- uh, Kevin Clark at a convention. Um, and I, well, I've got Andy and Briggs, but I've got a picture of Ian Briggs that I took as he was signing my book. And Kevin Clark sort of on his way out. And I think he'd been, has he been kicked out or something like that? I don't know why, but there was certainly, I said, oh, is Kevin Clark coming back? <laughs> Briggs said, well, Ian Briggs said, no, probably not. Uh, and I, I never quite picked up on what had gone on there. Um, um, but but this is uh, this is this is nice uh, because Sylvester is so good at doing enigmatic. Uh, yeah, that's lovely. And and as I say, that that just it's a, it's a story that doesn't it's not like some of the other big anniversary stories because you know it's just it's it's a three parter and it's essentially everybody's wondering about but you don't you don't which is i suppose the five doctors is too but you don't you don't have uh you don't have the advantage of having all the other doctors to 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 turn up to lend it something or anything like that but but that ending with the war doctor who um and and you know here's some that that laudable thing of going well let's introduce reintroduce some mystery to the character which you do by creating a new mystery out of you know out of a few little dropped bits and bobs and then and then the doctor acting all mysterious and enigmatic and Sylvester McCoy's great at all of that uh, he's he's you know he's he's really good at the sort of ghost of a smile the uh, and those darting eyes and everything he's got such a good face um so actually i i really enjoyed uh, a lot of that i i mean i i'm 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 I, 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 I'm afraid I've I didn't mind it I suppose but I I'm it, it would take a lot for me to do a long essay on the virtues of Mrs Mrs Remington <laughs> but anyway it doesn't matter there was plenty there I've got to choose my favorite thing and I've got two really um for that particular episode uh is I love all that that stuff on the top of the gantry and that face off that Ace has and the, the, you know, the, do you feel lucky and the falling Cyberman and then those glorious shots from above where of the, of the fallen Cyberman and the TARDIS through the, through the grills of the gantry. I thought that was so, so nicely done. Um, and actually all the Ace and the Cyberman stuff is great apart from that one caveat I have about how the coins work, but actually that seemed, that didn't bother me so much this time around, maybe because I was anticipating that it would. But I love that. I love that Doctor Who. Um, so maybe I choose that as my, my thing about the whole thing, because I was going to choose the statue effect, which I think is excellent. I mean, I think quite a simple effect. So simple, Toby, you try it. I haven't got a clue. Um, I think it's something about the material, isn't it? And you reflect light off it. It's, it's like the Green Death, but it's the it's the silver statue. Um, but maybe, even though I think that's a glorious effect when the statue comes alive and stands up and all that explosion, um, I think I have to react to what I saw this time around. 
I think for episode three, I'm going to choose Ace and the Cybermen, particularly that 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 sort of triangular face-off and those aerial shots through the gantry. And then my thing for the whole story is also from episode three, but it is that what it builds to, which is the Doctor Who, because that is goosebumps. That is hair on the back of your neck, stand on end, and that you know if you ever wondered where where he came. From, where he comes from, who he is, and all of that, right up to the point where she goes, what? Because he's double-crossed her. I love all of that. I really like that face-off. I really like the way that it's played, and and I, I really like that that's what it's kind of been building up to. Um, and I'm finding myself very enthused about a story that I, uh, you know, probably rather dismissed um, a lot, and it even was dismissing a bit last episode. Um, yes, please. Um, and I haven't even mentioned the jazz. I like the jazz. Um, so um, those are what I choose. What is Gavin going to choose? So first, let's get his thing for part three. Silver Nemesis episode three. I can't wait to hear your positive commentary on this extravaganza. Um, there is obviously really only one sensible pick. Um, and uh, that is uh, the scene in the car with Dolores... No, <laughs> it's got to be David Banks. Um, his performance as the cyber leader is just fantastic. Um, his vocal work is sublime. He has this kind of um, silky movement and this stillness to um, his performance, um, but interspersed with these sort of jerky, semi-robotic hand movements. It, it all just combines to be this incredibly memorable character. And uh, whatever you think of Silver Nemesis, uh, I think David Banks' performance is, is wonderful. Um, so yes, David Banks is my pick for number three. Ah, uh, well, you know, I mean, I love David Banks. Um uh, I think David Banks is one of the great things of Eight Is Who. Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, the first time I saw the Cybermen was Earthshock. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know how they spoke. I didn't know how they moved or anything. I just saw the pictures. Uh, and of course, he's very different from the 60s Cybermen. And I didn't see that them till a lot later. And I, li I like the 60s Cybermen, um, but they are far more... You know, you know, you know they, they. Apart from the very chatty ones in the Tenth Planet, which are a very different kettle of fish, you know, they they, they aren't they aren't. You know that they're memorable protagonists in the sense that when there's vast numbers of them charging about doing things, they're not they're not great for sort of face-offs or dialogue, which is why they realise it's much better to have a Klieg or a Tobias Vaughan or whatever. Um, and then Christopher Robbie comes in in Revenge of the Cybermen, and that doesn't quite work. But that's the sort of that's the bridge between the Cybermen of the '60s and the Cybermen of the '80s. But I, 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 I mean, I liked them at the time at the '80s. But but then when you when you view them in terms of the whole whole canon, um, you know, it's you can it's obvious why they keep bringing him back to do that part. Because he's so good, and as as Gav says, that his his body language is excellent. Because he's not doing sort of breakdancing roboty acting, but he does enough with his deliberate moves and his stabby finger and his sort of thing that that it seems right without being clunky and cliched. And and the voice it has it bridges that gap between the robotic but the emphasis and the character 
uh, when it needs to be. Uh, I didn't choose David Banks. I could easily have done. Um, I do truly think he's one of the 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 great achievements of 80s Who. I think he's superb, and I think his contribution to the success of the Cybermen in the 80s is immense. Uh, and oddly, because he because he, he, he went well into it, and he wrote that book, and I've got the cyber book, and he was very, you know, he's at conventions, and, and he wrote, he's, yeah, he, he wrote books. And then when the DVDs were being done, I think he's on the Earthshock making of, isn't he? But then he wouldn't, he didn't do the others. He does, he suddenly just didn't do Doctor Who stuff. And then I've done commentaries with him for for a couple of Phantom things, uh, Phantom Films uh, commentaries. Um, which are great, but they don't have anything like the budgets of the of the BBC thing. So it's like he, he missed out on... And actually, they're quite, you know, nice gigs, as it were, um, at his time when he decided he wasn't going to involve himself with Doctor Who stuff. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe they need to get him in uh, in on uh, on some of the Blu-rays because he seems to be talking about Doctor Who again now. Uh, and he, he cropped up in Brookside. He actually had a decent decent parts in a couple of other things as well. And, of course... Uh, a couple of friends of mine saw him play the Doctor in the Ultimate Adventure uh, stage play in which he was the understudy for John Pertwee and actually got to go on in his Greenpeace T-shirt. Uh, and what a, oh, what a, what a, what a great opportunity for him to have had, and how lovely it must have been. I mean, obviously disappointing at the time not to see John Pertwee, but to have had the chance to see, you know, uh, a one-off Doctor. And people said he was great, and I'm sure he was terrific. Uh, David Banks is excellent. I am more than happy with Gavin choosing. David Banks, who was a part of my choice. Um, okay, and his bonus pick is... My bonus pick um, is a scene in episode three where Ace faces off against the Cybermen and um, she has a chase through the, through the metal concrete barn, um, picking them off with gold coins fired from a slingshot. And that was so incredibly exciting and so memorable and um, inspired many a playground game when I was nine years old, um, on my own, obviously. Um, so yes, that is my bonus pick, is Ace versus the Cybermen. Ah, okay, well, uh, I, I had that as, as one of my things, so I think I get a, had a, a possible four points, I got one point. So Gavin is the winner, uh, as is... Uh, inevitable um so he struck gold appropriately um but i yeah i think by the time i got to the end i i i i i have a an appreciation of silver nemesis that i perhaps didn't have on my journey through it so as i say apologies for occasionally um not accentuating the positive as I as much as I would hope to, but I, there are things I s struggle with. I do, you know I, I do I do think it's a, a it's a script that doesn't quite hold together and marshals its resources in in some of the wrong areas. There's there's those funny little sort of well they're not funny enough. That's the problem. The skinheads and Mrs. Remington do not I think justify their position in a story that then is told. Um, with with too much brevity elsewhere so i i think the script has balance issues 
Um, although, you know, I love, you know, I love some of the central themes of the, you know, I think having the jazz running through it is a is a nice idea. Um, having the Wagner thing for the Nazis with the Cybermen and the, you know, you are the, we are the Supermen, you are the Giants. I think all of that sort of stuff is clever. And I think the Lady Painfort and Richard double act is a nice one. And the incongruity of them uh, wandering around in modern times is quite nice. And the actors are, the actors are great. Um, and, the, and and some of the battle scenes are, are very nicely done. Um, you know, the, the the big battle at the beginning of episode two and then, yeah, Ace, Ace and her catapult. So that's the second person this week who I've heard saying, oh, when I was nine, uh, this was amazing. I, as I say, I was a bit more jaded as a teenager. Um, and one must remember that, uh, you know, there's always going to be an inheritance of that initial, oh, I'm disappointed because I'm grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Um, which this process and this podcast tries to, you know, expunge. Um, so yeah, it's I, I, is it is it the weakest Cyberman story um, of the classic era? It's hard to define Cyberman and Dalek stories from the new series because they sort of cameo in 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 so many, um, which I think in many ways is a, is a shame. If you're you know, if I think the big returns are slightly undermined by the fact that occasionally the two big bads can be window dressing in in other stories. I think that's been a I think that's been a, a, a shame in the in the modern series on occasion. Um, but that's a whinge for another day, and I'm not supposed to be whinging. I'm supposed to be being cheerful. So uh, listen, Gavin has what a lot of people forget to do. Actually, he has actually done a a sign off to to plug his stuff. So let's hear a bit more about Gavin, who is a lovely chap. And I did, for a moment, I, I did think he was going to say, Mrs. Remington, did you see his little bluff? Here is little bluff that he did there. That would have, uh, that would have probably um, <laughs> led to some, expl- I, was, I was there thinking, you think you like a person. Anyway, what's Gavin got to say for himself? Thank you very much for having me, Toby. Uh, it's been an honour to be asked and to be involved. And if you can't get enough esoteric Dalek knowledge, um, and if you haven't come across it before, um, please have a look at our YouTube channel, which is Dalek 6388. And we have a series called Terry Nation Army, where we delve into things so nerdy that even Toby won't touch them with a barge pole. So that's Terry Nation Army, which I do with John Green. Thank you and goodbye. Uh, well, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole in terms of attempting to do that level of research, especially not into props. They're very good with props. I like people, so that's why I can tell you what happened to you know who who the who the Thals were in the in the Daleks or whatever. But uh, what Gavin and John do is they tell you what the middle se- what happened to the middle section or the ice stalk and where it was last seen or when that ice stalk was on the, that middle section in that story when actually they were on a different middle section in another story. So uh, there were moon moonlighting ice stalks or whatever. Um, yeah, Terry Nation Army Dalek Six. I call it Dalek Sixty Three Eighty Eighty Eight. They call it Dalek. He called it Dalek Six Three Eight Eight, didn't he? Anyway. Um, it's fascinating stuff. I I, th- I love Gavin's delivery. He's got a very d- dry sense of humour, uh, and that comes across very nicely. So he wears he wears his geekery um, with a nice sardonic air, which makes it very easy to listen to. But um, also makes you forgive yourself for being really interested in you know skirt you know skirt sections and um you know head headlamps and I've just listened to their latest podcast 
about uh, um, the Dalek movie props in The Chase. And, and it just tells you all sorts of things you didn't know you needed to know and is really, really interesting. And the level of research is fantastic. And yeah, John Green and uh, Gavin uh, have done some fantastic work in their website. It is really, really interesting. If you want to take a deep dive into stuff about Doctor Who that throws up lots of lovely little anomalies and things to look out for next time you watch a story and little, 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 some niggling little things as well. We, go, we can't quite work out why that was that and why that didn't happen there. Uh, and it just goes to show how many little aspects of particularly the fascinating 60s Doctor Who um, of, of, of you know, why that happened and if that was that and why this didn't happen. And, and it just goes to show how, how uh, there, there are still sort of mysteries out there um, that we'll never solve, but that we can ponder over and have opinions over and think about. And that's why Doctor Who bears, you know, revisit after revisit after revisit. And sometimes you will just revisit a story that you, you know, thought wasn't great uh, and actually have, uh, in the end, learned to stop worrying and love, open brackets, some aspects of, close brackets, silver nemesis. Uh, but until then, uh, where, where, whoever you are and wherever you come from, uh, <laughs> I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to this and... Uh, I will speak to you next time. Thanks to Gavin. Thanks to you. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented with tedious regularity by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest this time around is Gavin Rymill, who can be found on Twitter at The Mind Robber, but he also has that brilliant feed at Dalek6388. Well worth checking out. My thanks to Gavin and to the many patrons who make these podcasts possible and they include Clive Lewis, Guy Lambert, James Lark, Gavin McLean, David Matthewman, John McClay, Ross McPhillips, Stuart Mitchell, Nathan Moore, Matthew Newton, Graham Knott, Dave Owen, Melvin Pena, Keith Perry, Jonathan Potter, Kevin Parker, Scott Pride, Dylan Rees, John Rivers, Mark Sandham, Jim Sankster, Matt Sawyer, Keith Say, Stephen Smith aka Dalek Fan, Neil Tate, Nick Temple, Sabrina Tirabassi, Reynard Toombs, Apollo C. Vermouth, Gary Wales and Adam Westwood. The music is by Dave Gates. The artwork by Dylan Patterson. Yes, so thanks to all those patrons I mentioned. You could be mentioned alongside them if you become one of their number, which is easy to do and costs as little as £3 per month. For that, you get... uh, Three releases a week, which is generally a podcast. Sometimes I mix it up. uh, And I'm not even counting photos of my dog. They're like a bonus on a Tuesday. But there's three usually podcasts, but sometimes, um, you know, TV appearance or a play from from my archive or or an interview uh, with an actor or Doc 2 production person that's not been released before. But, yeah, you get three podcasts. So if you pay £3 a month, it's... uh, it's uh, I think it did I work it out it's about 25p per release which isn't bad and actually it's less than that if you sign up for a year because you get 10% off your total donation um and that helps to keep these things ad free or I've noticed no adverts because um I was advised to put adverts on in order to make this pay but I I just feel a bit dirty he said asking you for money um getting paid to talk but i'm I'm flattered that people do and i just try and do my best and make stuff that uh, you like and so yeah if you want to do that do um you can do uh, one uh that doesn't require any sort of commitment 
their Patreon is a sort of monthly thing, but you can cancel at any time. Um, and that's ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock, where you can just donate if I've done something you particularly like. Perhaps if I've gone for a whole 15 seconds without saying um, which you'd think a professional broadcaster would be able to do. But, um, ah, you see? <laughs> oh, God. I can be so conscious of it now. Uh, oh, no, see, um and uh, I mean, I may be saying Morse. I, what I'm doing is my um and uh is a Morse code um, dots and dashes um, sending out Doctor Who facts, uh, it, 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 you know, subliminally. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. Um, and if you like that sort of thing, go well, even if you know, only if you do um, go to the various places where you get podcasts, iTunes, Podbean. Um, and you can do this on Twitter and you know Facebook and everywhere else as well. And say nice things. The more attention that is brought to these, the more people may be aware of them, and the more people may listen. And the more people may listen, the less um, pointless these endeavours of mine might seem. Because if you podcast in a wood and nobody can hear it, are you really podcasting at all? Uh, five stars would be lovely on iTunes. That really helps with my algorithms, and they always need a tweak. <laughs> Uh, and I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm at Excess Malarkey Comedy Club in Manchester every Tuesday. Gav Rymill, actually, who's the guest here, came the other day and he said he thought it was excellent value. And uh, he was quite right. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fantastic comedy club. And there's an online version. There's an archive of the shows we did um, when we were in lockdown because we carried on, A, paying comics and B, providing entertainment all through lockdown, which were both very useful things to do and not bad for a small independent outfit run basically on love and enthusiasm and uh, we got comics from all around the world for our online show that's at twitch.tv forward slash excess malarkey excess malarkey has a twitter feed at excess malarkey it's an x and s and then malarkey m-a-l-a-r-k-e-y and i'm on twitter at toby haydoke and these podcasts have their own feed at haydoke podcasts So everyone's been away this weekend and I, I had images of uh, getting so much podcasting done, but uh, I've, I've done barely anything. I haven't even done the washing up. So I'm going to go do this now because they're due back soon. I've got a cup of tea outside the booth that I'm hoping is just the right temperature. I don't have a very robust mouth, so I have to let tea cool down a bit. But then if I leave it too long, it gets too cold and you don't get the, you know, the nice warm hit. So um, t- t- tea is a bit like a shower for me is there's, there's, there's a there's a there's a there's there's a very small sort of range that i find bearable um which makes me sound like the princess and the pea but i'm the the, the geek and the cup of tea uh, <laughs> uh the podcaster and the tea um is the modern version of the princess and the pea anyway um i think i could have been more interesting about Dolores gray and that whole scene but i i couldn't drum up much enthusiasm either way and i didn't want to i didn't want to start getting cross with it but i'm sure but 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 there's also interesting things to say about her and what she represents and 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 the fact that it is quite it is quite fun you know the fact you've got this this mad woman this this uh, guileless american woman and poor old richard looking on sort of dumbfounded but um I do, yeah, the comedy interludes. Um, well, you can talk, Toby. I've seen some of your comedy interludes. But, um, um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. It's live, isn't it? I watch and I react, and that's what you get. Uh, and I hope it's all right. Um, and actually, I, I've, I'd forgotten how much I really enjoy the ending of Silver Nemesis, so I'm very pleased about that. That's not what I normally do in this post-credit. But anyway, uh, my loved one's coming home soon. 
Uh, and so I'm going to go and drink my perfect temperature cup of tea uh, and then hurriedly go around the house um, hiding the fact that if left to my own devices, I'm like Jamie and the two doctors. I revert to savagery very, very quickly.